performance was pitiful from start to finish. There was no tempo, there was no approach. It was the same tedious, stultifying, boring rubbish. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Ball Daily. You're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. This is the Saturday panel. And this week, thanks to Ball Sports, we're looking ahead to the 2023 Cheltenham National Hunt Horse Racing Festival, which starts on Tuesday. Now, Cheltenham is synonymous with Irish sporting success. From Cotter Drake to Arkell, from Vincent O'Brien to William Mullins, from Dawn Run to Isterbrack, from Ruby Walsh to Rachel Blackmore, from Hardy Eustace to Honeysuckle. Over the last seven years, there have been more Irish-trained winners at the festival than the home contingent. Last year, there were 18, and William Mullins saddled 10 of them. So we can't wait for some great racing, a responsible flutter and good crack on St. Patrick's Week and to get stuck in we're delighted to be joined over the next hour by Cheltenham Gold Cup winning jockey and ball sports ambassador Robbie Puppy Power, Cheltenham champion chase winning jockey and TV pundit Andy McNamara and Cheltenham festival winning trainer Paul Nolan. Robbie, Andy and Paul, how is the form? Very good job. Great to talk to you. Um, I'm just going to get straight stuck into the conversation. Your best Cheltenham moment. Paul Nolan, what was your best Cheltenham moment? Um, I'd say that the, the best Cheltenham moment, I, I, I'd nearly have to put it down to first winner, Dabberoon with Nina Carberry, uh, because we were uh, fancied in the champion hurdle with a card in a toile, and he ran a great race. He finished fourth. He was only beaten three and a half lengths, uh, but we were disappointed, even though we got into the winner's enclosure. It's never too bad when you can get in there, uh, but we were disappointed, and... Uh, the, the last race on the day then was the 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 the, the Fred Winter that time, and uh, Nina sluiced up with Dabaroon, and it's just the you know to be disappointed and then to be elated uh, unexpectedly. He was twenty to one, and I'd say that I'd have to put down that that was the first winner in Cheltenham, and we were just delighted. So you're all those months in Anderscorthy, you're training away, you're bad winter months, and then you're waiting for this day, and then you were an unexpected winner. So the feeling must be unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, no matter what, uh, no matter what people say, it probably is the Olympics of racing. Uh, even though we've, we've marvelous racing in Leopardstown and all the good courses here, but uh, it is where nearly every owner wants to end up. And uh, it's just no matter what race you win in it, it's it's just something special. Did you have good connections? Did you go out partying that night? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. We 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 tend to sort of party over smaller things, even John. Uh, but uh, we did, we did, we did. Look at the other fella. Uh, we did, we 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 did go out and uh, uh, went out. Normally, we sort of hang around with the same crew every year. We're gone a little bit settled now. This way, uh, you know, we we uh, tend to go to bed at a reasonable hour and stuff like that. But uh, do you believe that, John? That's no. The head in the morning. It's a Friday. We, God knows what he was that last night. We genuinely do not able for it anymore, but uh, uh, I know we had a great night and and it was brilliant for Nina as well. And uh, you know uh, all connections, we had a great night, and I think we were celebrating with Colin Murphy the same the same night. And uh, um, you know we had a great crack, we had a great crack. Andy McNamara, your best chat in the moment. Well, I only had one winner over there, so I'll uh, stick with that. So Newmill was it, yeah. Uh, I had been riding him earlier in the year, but I, I switched jobs, so I got chopped off Newmill and Robbie Power had taken over the ride in him and won him at Thurless, but uh, Robbie got injured, so I got back on for Cheltenham, and uh, yeah, probably a bit lucky in hindsight that uh, Cowdestar was in the race and he tipped up, but he won very well for a finish up. 
two mile champion chase, breakneck speed, you're out in front. What is the feeling like riding in such a race of speed uh, and you're out in front? Is it like you're just trying to hold on tight or what's the story? Uh, yeah, I suppose it is the most, probably the most exciting race for that I would find anyway, uh, two mile chasers. And, you know, you do need a, a good forward going, possibly keen, brave horse. And he was definitely all of those things. He was quite keen. So uh, on the day, I'm not sure Connections wanted him to make the running, but I definitely did. So I actually didn't go out to the parade ring on time, left it very late. So I wouldn't have to chat to them and discuss tactics. So left it late, had in my head I was going to make the running. So just popped out last minute and up on the horse and out we went. And uh, yeah, the race went very well. He, for a front runner, he jumped very well, made one mistake about two out or something, but uh, never really saw a rival. What's it like to ride that course, Shetland? There's two courses, an old course and a new course side by side. A lot of undulations. Is it different to what you see in the TV? Uh, no, it is quite undulating, quite tight. You're often on the turn, so it makes uh, it probably makes for more exciting racing. Um, often the best tracks are not the most exciting to watch because everything's very fair, easy to uh, do, and you have lots of time to get back into a race. Whereas some place like Cheltenham, where you're always on the turn, you know, if you get cut wide, you're giving away ground everywhere. And the fences come at you on bends and things, so it's ticking fast. And uh, yeah, it, it's a very exciting track to ride, and it gets very busy in places. But um, that also makes for better television. And a bit like Epsom, you know, isn't that good a track, but it's the home of the Derby, and that's possibly why they're better festivals to watch. Is the hill really, really punishing? Do you really feel it when you get to the last, or if you have enough horse, does it does it even come into your mind the hill? Oh, well, it definitely comes into your mind that you you need to leave a bit in the tank, turning for home. But uh, I think it's when you hit it, one horse clicks into gear and relishes it. And a couple I've ridden have uh, gone the other way, not managed it. And while you might go down to the last with a chance, they haven't fought it out. Robbie Power, your best shot in the moment. Uh, definitely 2017 when Sison John won the Gold Cup. And, and then to follow up with uh, Rock the World in the, in the Grand Annual. Try to double in Cheltenham was, was something special. And um, no, today you'll never forget the Gold Cup is, is the race that every jockey wants to win. What's the feeling like, Robbie, when you're maybe two fences from home and you feel like you're in really a real chance here? And is is it just concentrating on the process, or are you thinking about, oh my god, I'm going to actually achieve my lifetime dream here? No, it never entered my head actually until I was about ten strides away from the line that I was going to win a gold cup. But turning in, um, he actually stumbled across in the roadway heading for the second last. So straight away, you were getting them balanced. Ruby looked to be going well enough on the inside on on Jacket. Um, um, but you have two fences, the second last and the last in Cheltenham are two tricky fences. There, there, your main focus is getting two good jumps because if you get a bad jump at either one, you can lose a lot of momentum. It's hard to get momentum momentum back when you look that hit in Cheltenham, you know. So you need four momentum over the last two. And and luckily for me, Size and John winged the second last and, and met the last on the perfect stride and, and landed with plenty of momentum. So you crossed the line, you've won the Gold Cup, you won the Grand National on Silver Birch a decade before. Could you compare the feelings? Yeah, I suppose I appreciated the Gold Cup an awful lot more. I was pretty young when I won the the Grand National. I was only 25, and I think we just kind of went on the piss for about three months after winning the Grand National. But <laughs> I'd been um, I'd been through a lot for since the Grand National. I'd broken a lot of bones. Um, I had plenty of ups and downs of racing. I was 35 years of age, and I'd never actually ridden in a Gold Cup. I never thought I was going to get to ride in a Gold Cup. And then Sizen John came along. So for your first ride in the Gold Cup to be a winning one, um, was massive, you know, and it definitely, especially to ride that for Jesse as well, who'd been basically my whole career, rode for her all my life, and um, to ride a Gold Cup winner for her, she hadn't won one either. It was her first runner in the Gold Cup, so that was extra special. 
Paul Nolan, do you enjoy the week? Uh, like when you think about the Irish to Cheltenham, we're synonymous uh, with traveling like in a pilgrimage over there. Uh, like we've got Munster fans who go abroad. We have Irish soccer and rugby fans who go to Lansdowne Road. We have the All-Ireland Finals at Croke Park every year. We have League of Ireland games on a Friday. But for so many people, they're spending maybe six to nine months thinking about Cheltenham, booking their flights, booking their accommodation, doing their anti-post bets, meeting the characters, having their card games. It is some week. Unbelievable, John. You know, and and it's it's amazing. I suppose we're it seems a small circle enough that we're all involved in that we meet the same people at the races every day. And when you go over, uh, you know, there's there's nothing could happen in any yard in Ireland that, that wouldn't be known in 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 the UK in 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 ten minutes. It's amazing the way the whole thing. Everyone sort of uh, they they're involved with the horses and they, they they know what's going on in other yards as well. And that's the the, the thing about it. But it's it's, it's a very it's, I suppose the rivalry. What? It's a very gossipy game. It is. It's a very gossipy game. And, uh, you know, there's there's so many opinions uh, between lads that are working in the yard or the girls that are working in the yard and everyone else, uh, from trainers to jockeys, It's and everyone has their opinion and they're entitled to their opinion. And that's what makes it. But it's it's unbelievable. You know, everyone thought that maybe that the, the Cheltenham previews when they started off first, that how will the last the people get so bored? And yet people are still come to support them and they're there with their pens and their papers writing down stuff. And you you just, we don't probably realise the amount of people that, that are interested in it. Uh, and, and I suppose that's what makes it, uh, that's what makes it so good. Robbie, what's it like behind the scenes? If you were to bring us behind the scenes as a jockey, uh, the week is it more tense than normal? Are there uh, are there rows? Do people you know lose a rag? Uh, is there elation? Is there champagne popping in the in the in the weigh room? Maybe give us a, a sense of what's because behind the camera. Yeah, it changed a lot over the years when I was riding. <laughs> when I first rode in Cheltenham, it was um, it was very enjoyable. It was great banter. It was still extremely serious and and a little bit tense, but. It got more and more professional over the years, um, and you could see that the pressure built with Cheltenham as the years went on. The focus became more and more of a Cheltenham, and the, and the pressure did build. Um, years in Cheltenham, it was it was very your routine was set in stone. You know, you went to the road out in the morning at the racetrack. You went back to the house, got changed. You went to the weigh room. You went through the form of all your races. You went back to the house in the evening, had a shower, had a bit of tea, and, and went to bed. You know. Um, and it was it was very very yeah that was your your you weren't out socialising in Cheltenham you couldn't go out socialising in Cheltenham even if you were only having a seven up you couldn't do it because if you were drinking seven up the rumour the next day was you were drinking Vulcan White so uh, you never went out you never ventured too far but um, this is going to be my first year in Cheltenham um, not riding it'll be a different experience and uh, I think I'll use Paul Nolan as my wingman this year just to show me around all these places because he has been <laughs> to them all to them all <laughs> Paul Nolan what's as, the best as place bouncer, as bouncer John as bouncer what's the best place for 7 up in Cheltenham Paul Nolan <laughs> Oh God, we normally we we go now to the to the to, to the tent at the hunting boat, so we very rarely go downtown at all now for the last couple of years. And uh, you know, uh, the 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 people that run that are are just brilliant, and it's we're very lucky where we stay. And uh, you know, the and I you know hope to God we remain that 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 they remain renting the the cottages that we stay in, but they provide great entertainment and food and stuff right beside us, so we don't have to go down downtown anymore, John. Andy Very rarely for you is uh, is just once a day. <laughs> Paint a very bad picture of me here, John. We're going to have to set this straight before this is all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Andy Mack, uh, have you? Can I, next, sorry, can I what? what Puppy was saying about the weigh room there? That there is a slight unique um, aspect to the weigh room that 
other sports, say team sports, you come in and the team wins and they're all elated together and, you know, clapping each other on the back and hugging and kissing. Whereas racing is unusual in that everybody's competing against each other, comes back in and gets changed in the same changing room. So you could have one fellow who's elated after winning the Gold Cup, you know, sitting in one seat, and the guy beside him could be after making a mess of it on the favourite. And so it's a very strange atmosphere like that. So, so you have to, need a bit of maturity then. I suppose you need to be able to take the, the champion down a peg or two and maybe bump up the guy whose absolute mind is in, in a desperate place, Andy, yeah? Well, I don't know if there's that much support for each other, but you will see one fella coming in delighted, another fella coming in throwing flying a saddle across the way room. And uh, yeah, so it, it is strange to see them both in the same place. Did you do that? I'd be a quiet man myself. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, very good. Andy, so did, was there much of a transition between you then? Uh, did you find it easier to adjust to being at the race course and riding winners like you, Miller, Cheltenham, and then retiring and then going there next week and you're not? Like, would you miss it? Would you, would you be just, oh, I wish I was out there? Uh, I suppose that's probably fading for me now, but uh, definitely for a long time, yeah. So I don't. I struggle with my weight all along. So I definitely that was a kind of a relief, I suppose, not to have to do that anymore. But there would have been times I'd be out walking the track, and you know the horse would be flying by, jumping the second last someplace, and I'd be thinking, "Geez, I'd love to be up there sitting on the back of one." But uh, I do ride out and things, so I suppose that keeps that appetite sated. You're doing a bit of training up in Meath as well. Let's get into it then, folks. Let's look at the uh, the key races over the week. On Tuesday, the champion hurdle half three, we've got Constitution Hill, the odds-on favourite for the English trainer, Nicky Henderson. And Robbie Power, he won the Supreme Novices hurdle by 22 lengths last year. He's unbeaten under rules. He looks a machine. He looks an airplane. Yeah, he does. He looks. He definitely looks the best I've seen since Istabrak. Um but he has to go and do it on the big stage. He was very, very impressive last year in the Supreme Novices all through the summer, I was a little bit sceptical of the form of the Supreme Novices. It was running very quick ground. Um, and when he beat the track record, it was it was ground that was the quickest ground I ever owned in, in Sheldon. So I was a little bit sceptical of the form. But he was very, very impressive in Newcastle and impressive in Kempton as well. I think he'll win. I think he'll win well. But I, I do think Statler will, will give him, or not, sorry, not Statler, Statement will give him plenty to think about. Um, I think Statement's a very, very good horse. He's on the improve. I was very, very impressed with him at the Dublin Racing Festival. Um, I thought Vaughan might get a bit closer to him on, on Christmas runnings, but uh, he improved again. And, and Willie Mullins will have him at, at peak for Cheltenham. You know, he's, uh, he's a horse on the improve. And I know Nicky Henderson, I was over in his yard a few weeks ago, is... is treating him as a serious danger and I think that's that's the respect he deserves he is a serious danger Paul Nolan we don't know how good Constitution Hill is but we also probably don't know how good State Man is well it's just in in the manner of the way he made all um, in Leopardstown uh, jumped very well quickened off the turn in to, from the second last and put the race to bed and you know to see Honeysuckle galloping right to the line as well I mean the other ones in behind were sort of ridden to go past her and they still couldn't pass her and yet State Man won, you could say, snug. Uh, and in my opinion, anyway, it's definitely Constitution Hill's uh, biggest test so far. Uh, he's beaten, I think it's Epitante beaten his last two runs. He beat her 17 lengths and 12 lengths. She's a former champion hurdler herself. Uh, very consistent filly as well. Um, I mean, it's, 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 it's very, very good form. Uh, and I, and I, but I do think that Stateman uh, is uh, the his, his nearest challenger, obviously. Uh, 
and uh, I think he will put it up to him. Is it a two-horse race, Andy, between Constitution Hill and Stateman? I think definitely. I think both would have to seriously underperform for something like Vauban to come into the race. And then you go by Vauban and, you know, it's it's a long, long way back to the next. And there's a lot of those will run in the mayor's race. And then you're back to something like, I like the way you move it. For me, Constitution Hill is an absolute freak. I mean, it's like something like Frankel arriving on the scene. What he did in the Supreme last year, don't know how Puppy wasn't impressed by it. Like, there have been plenty of times where the Supreme was run on good ground or quicker than good ground. And to win the way he did in a track record is phenomenal. I think it's great that Stateman is there because that gives us a very good guide. Stateman's a proper good horse. But uh, I think Constitution Hill will devour him. He's uh, one for the ages. Very emphatic. Andy McNamara, Constitution Hill. Are you going for the same puppy power, Constitution Hill? Yeah, I think he'll win, but I don't think it'd be as emphatic as, as Andy makes. I think Stateman will give him a race. And Paul Nolan, Constitution yeah, I, Hill? I, I, I... And the same as Puppy, I think that yeah, possibly that. But I, I, I think it will be closer than than an annihilation. Now everyone maybe taught that last year as well. In Constitution Hill, won't so easy in that unbelievable time, uh, which you have to consider. But I just think that that, that, that it's, it's amazing. It's 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 you know just talking to a few people. Uh, Constitution Hill is one of the most laid back animals. Mickey Henderson had said that he has ever had in training. And David Mullen said when Stateman came into Willie's as well, he was so laid back, he thought he was so slow that he'd, he'd, he'd struggled to win a point to point. That's how slow and laid back he was. And it's unbelievable to see two of the most laid back creatures in the sport are running in the, the fastest hurdle uh, of the week. And it's just, isn't it amazing to say that both, both of them are, are such quiet, laid back animals that are, are behind the bridle at home that you wouldn't give tuppence for. And yet they are as, as, as two champions going to take one another on. Paul, would you find that... Uh... Say people are always asking at these, you know, how's the horse working? How's the horse working? And, you know, what are they doing at home? But it, it's often not the horse who looks good at home that goes and is the good racehorse. Then. Absolutely, Andrew. It's, it's unbelievable how, you know, it's the good horses are so few and far between, but yet it's the one that, that goes to the top of your gallop uh, and, and they're taking a hold or running away at the top. Maybe if your gallop was a furlong longer, that stop and walk the rest of the way. It seems to be the one that tries at a certain stage of the gallop to the line, it's the ones that try normally are the good horses. And uh, like, I mean, I believe that when, 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 when uh, Constitution Hill came to Nicky's first, they, they nearly wanted to give him back. And it, it was something similar with, with you know, with, with the way Stateman performed according to David Mullins as well. It was just unbelievable how laid back and unimpressive at home these horses were. And, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's just probably that those horses Tend to last to their to their chasing stage and through they they go through each season because they just they're not hyper they're not hard rides and 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 they just take it all in their stride and maybe don't do too much at home and that's why maybe why they last so long. Let's move on now to the champion chase on Wednesday at half three. We've got a last year's winner, an Urgeman, uh, the Oracle Chase winner from last year, Edward Stone, a horse that beat the pair of them last time out, and editor Jujish, also the impressive Leperstown winner, Gentleman Demi. So Robbie Power. Which horse would you like to be riding in this one? I change my mind every day with this race. Um, it's a very, very competitive race. I was impressed with both Edward Stone and Editor of the Cheat in uh, in Cheltenham over in back in January. Um, and Energy Mean was was disappointing for me. Uh, I think they'll ride Energy Mean a bit closer to the pace. Uh, he won a champion chase last year very impressively on, on very soft ground. I think if the ground gets soft, it enhances his chances. Um, but I think if it's run on 
good or sort of yielding ground, then it's going to play to the strengths of Edward Stone and, and Editor the Jeep more. I think it's going to be tougher this time for Editor the Jeep because he's going to have a lot of competition for the pace with um, Gentleman the Me in there. He'll definitely go forward. It's going to be like all champion chase. It's going to be very, very strongly run. Um, I think at the prices, I'm, I'm just slightly favouring Edward Stone over, over um, Energy Mean. I think he's a more solid horse around Cheltenham than Energy Mean. So Robbie Puppy Power goes for Edward Stone in the champion chase. Andy McNamara, the same question to you. Who would you like to be riding? Who's the next new mill? I'd like to be on Energamin. Uh, he's a brilliant two-miler. You know, he absolutely bolted up in the champion chase last year. And, you know, without his last run, he's... Uh, an absolute certainty. He absolutely bowled it up in Cork. Now, it was an ordinary race, but putting a great round, one by 15 lengths. And then he goes to Cheltenham uh, behind editor Dijit. But he'd an absolute nightmare from the word go. It really didn't happen for him. He made a lot of mistakes on the way around, ran very keen, was hanging. And then he turned in and still had a little chance down to the last where he absolutely devoured it and was still only beaten six lengths. So that's not a huge amount to turn around, and there's no way he can put in as bad a performance throughout the race as he did last time. So for me, he's easily the best horse in the race if he can put in a half-decent round of jumping. An argument for Andy McNamara. Paul Nolan, which one of these would you like to be training come Wednesday? I, I, I'm I, with Andy on this. I just think energy mean. I think he was... I think you have to forgive him that last run, and uh, if, if it hadn't have happened, no, it did happen, but... Uh, he never looked happy. He was never in the same rhythm that he normally is. Uh, he's normally jumping is an asset to him, and it wasn't. And Willie uh, blamed, I think, the, the the white fences. And there's no doubt. Uh, some people might might think it's bull, but uh, from someone that didn't ride before, I'd like to uh, like maybe puppies and and Andy's opinion of it. But it certainly does make a difference. We went out now and painted the hurdles and fences out here with the white stripes and you couldn't believe that a few of the handicappers here, the way they did take a look at it uh, and we, we had to jump it three or four times until they start winging it again but there's no doubt it did make a bit of a difference and maybe, and, and like I mean who's to criticise Willie Mullins, he's very rarely wrong and uh, to me the horse never got into a rhythm from the start and, 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 and why not believe Willie that it was the fences Puppy Power, white fences conspiracy theories yeah, I, I personally don't think it makes any difference to a good jumper. Um, yes, I could understand they might go down another look at the first, but every trainer in Ireland now has painted their hurdles and fences with a white apron, um, and I don't see it being... They had that time, though, puppy. Yeah, they had right. Willie's gone and bought something like three new completely white fences, like the English ones. Willie, Willie, was, Willie was also blaming the green apron. With the white for the for energy means mistake because most of the fences in England have uh, are all brown aprons. The only like it just made it was an excuse and it was a valid excuse because he hadn't seen the white aprons nine times out. I don't think it was the reason he jumped the way he did the whole way around that day. I think it was the fact that they were riding. He was going on ground that was as quick as he'd ever raced on. Was a big part of it, and I think that's why I think he's a little bit vulnerable if the ground is on the soft side. I think he's he'll win and win impressively. If the ground is not on the soft side, I think he's vulnerable because I think he's going to put a gear quicker than he wants to. They're talking about the ground being on the soft side on Tuesday, but by the time Wednesday comes, there's just spotty showers forecast for the week, so we know that Cheltenham dries out pretty quickly. Anybody give Gentleman to me a chance? Um, yeah, it's funny how he put in, after being very good last year, especially in entry, he started off this year terribly, put in no runs at all, and then uh, under Danny came out and seemed to capture his old form, taking everyone by surprise. Um, yeah, I'd say he has a chance. He's a live contender, but things need to go very right for him. He's a very keen horse. 
Mark Walsh got on well with him last year. I'd say, yeah, if if he you know gets into a rhythm and jumps very well, he would have a chance. But I think things definitely need to go right for him. Before I'd say the to... quicker the ground, the better his chance. Right, the quicker the round for a gentleman to me, says uh, Robbie Powerball, Sports Ambassador. We're looking uh, before the break to just preview uh, the stairs hurdle and the Ryanair chase here with Andy McNamara, Paul Nolan and Robbie Power. So on Thursday, we got half three, the stairs hurdle, and before that, the Ryanair chase at 250, generally kind of two, the two big races on Thursday. So Robbie, you know the Hatton's Grace hurdle winner, Teal Poo, very well. Does he have the right profile to win the stairs hurdle over three miles? Yeah, I think he definitely does. Um he was a horse that had the class to win two mile races over a graded rate, graded two mile races on very soft ground. I don't think he's ground dependent. I think he's, um, and that's why he got taken off his feet in the champion hurdle in both Punchestown and, and Cheltenham last year. He couldn't cope with it. I don't think it's a ground thing. I think it's a stamina thing. So jump to three miles. He showed in Gorn while it was a weak race. He showed he does stay three miles. Um, and his performance in the Hatton's Grace is probably the standout, um, form line for this race. I thought that was a very good run beating Classical Dream and, and Honeysuckle. So three miles is really going to suit him. Um, the new course that stairs hurdle is a real test of stamina. Um, I think Maria's Rock will be a big danger if she goes for the stairs hurdle. And definitely the likes of Florian Porter. He's won the last two. If Gavin Cromwell is in back in good form, um, it'll be very interesting. Paul Nolan, there's question marks over Florian Porter's form, Blazing Cal's fitness, Ashdeb Bob's stamina, Paisley Park's age. Is this an easy puzzle to solve for you? Um, it's not an easy puzzle at all. And the stairs hurdle, all the, when the likes of um, um, big books and all, it, it, it was was so consistent. But the likes of this, it, 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 in the last few years, uh, Tia Hupo, in my opinion, I agree with Puppy there, his form in the Hatton's Grace, uh, hadn't much to beat maybe in, in, in Gorn, but he's still done it so easily. And I'd say maybe if 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 Davy had realised he was going to take off the way he did, he probably mightn't have won as far because it was going that time of the year can be very very tacky and normally coming out of that race it takes more out of it than you think, uh, and that's uh, a little a little bit of a worry. Uh, again, Gordon is completely adamant that it's not uh, it's not ground it's it's the distance he'll improve with. Uh, he's shown that. Uh, Charles Burns' horse was very good above in Avon the other day. That looked very good for his first run for a long time, uh, and he's probably, you know, he's he is the favourite in it. Uh, again, Flooring Porter, a jewel winner. If he comes back to farm and, and and jumps well and is allowed to do his customary front running performance, but on the base of his last two runs, he just didn't get to the line too well. But Gavin Cromwell's horses are flying between the flat and jumps. He's he's, he's hammering in doubles and trebles there every week, and. Uh, he has to ha- come into the, to, 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 to the equation as well. Classical Dream hasn't sort of uh, really given a performance like he did in Punchestown when he ran away with that race that day and looked like he could have been there for a couple of years. Uh, but I think, you know, and as Puppy said, Maria's Rock definitely with her £7 allowance would have to come into a, to, to the equation. She won the grade one in Punchestown after winning in Cheltenham last year. Uh, but on, on form, I'd nearly go with Theo Hoopo on this and I, and I think he'll take a lot of beating if he, if he comes out of that race in Gornwell. Andy McNamara, home by the Lees, the improver in the race. Uh, does he come into the equation? He was sixth last year, I believe. Definitely does, yeah. Just the day he won in Navin, he looked like he was going to be pulled up by the stands and then pulled it out of the bag. He's a, a very lazy runner, which actually can often suit a um, stair, or stairs hurdle because it's such a test of stamina. If you remember, big bucks would only just click into gear at the back of the last, and Paisley Park was the same as that. I think it's a really, really good renewal. Sometimes you have a... 
an ordinary stairs hurdle, but this is, you know, every one of those ones we've mentioned are very good horses. But uh, I definitely give a big shout to Classical Dream. He's only had the one run this year when just touched off by Tia Hupo. But uh, I think the ground here, that was on soft ground. I think Classical Dream, he's a great Cheltenham record and he will definitely relish the, the quicker going. So you're going for Classical Dream, Andy? Yep. And uh, Robbie, Tiopu? Uh, Tiopu, yeah. And Paul? Yeah, Tiopu as well with me. Okay. It's just going to go thing, Paul, for the Ryanair chase, yes or no? Um, a good thing, I suppose, <laughs> is a little bit strong. He, he, on his last performance, he was fantastic. Uh, uh, Nicky Henderson was on a Zoom the other day at one of the Chetan previews we're at, and, and he couldn't be any more happy with him. He said he had a... He had some sort of bone pain in Cheltenham last year when he flopped and then he had his, his palate tweaked. Uh, the one thing and the lads that know about this, maybe as, right, as, regard, as regards horses, the, 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 uh, will say a wind operation is a far more, uh, hob day is a far more straightforward operation than, than, than pallet firing. And normally that comes back to haunt him again. And if the ground came up soft and, and, and he wasn't fluent over his jumps, that the likes of that can, the pallet can flip again and that can cause problems where they can't breathe properly. So uh, it by no means a certainty on his last run, he looks like he is, but uh, I, I, you know, at the price he's going to be, I, I, I'd rather just watch him. And if he wins, he wins. Robbie is just going to good thing. Um, I, no, I agree with Paul. I don't think he's a good thing. I think um, there's plenty in here to, to make him race for it. I was very impressed with Ascot. And if he turns up in Ascot form, he, he will take plenty of beating, but, that was his first run for a while. Um, he's had a lot of issues. I'd say Nicky Henderson had him absolutely 110% for Ascot. He'd have left nothing to work on because there was a lot of pressure on him that day. He could just not come out of the race the way Nicky thinks, um, but we'll know more on the day. There's plenty in there with the likes of NYLN, um Blue Lord, I imagine, is definitely going to go here, and I think you're going to see a better Blue Lord stepped up in trip. Uh, he was good in the Clonmel Oil chase, stepped up to two and a half. Um, yeah, I wouldn't back Shishkin now personally, but I think um, Blue Lord is, is is a big danger to him. And Andy, for you? Yeah, well, I don't wouldn't be back on a horse at eight to eleven anyway. Not that I bet that much, but uh, yeah, eight to eleven. But when you go and see what he's in against him, I'd slightly disagree with Poppy. One, Shishkin's won twelve from fifteen. You know, it's not like he's a complete flop. He two, well, he'd a bad run. He pulled up and then he'd an ordinary run. He seemed very much back to himself. The wind up obviously helped him. Um, Blue Lord, for me, is nowhere near uh, that calibre of a horse. I think Blue Lord won a number of OK races. When he stepped up last time, he was well beaten. So I don't think he's in that calibre. Conflated is a fair horse, but uh, I'd imagine he goes for the Gold Cup. And then you have the likes of Janadil, Fury Road, Envoy Allen, who are they're fair horses, and put Fakir there and there. They're fair horses. They're, you know, grade one horses. But I think Shiskin, if his wind holds up, which I'd imagine it would, uh, I think he, he will take a huge amount to beat him. We're going to take a break for news. More insight from our Saturday panel of Robbie Parr, Paul Nolan and Andrew McNamara looking ahead to the Chapman Festival. It's coming up after this. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with the 3 to 5. Now, this is part two of the Saturday panel as we preview the 2023 Cheltenham National Hunt Horse Racing Festival with thanks to Ball Sports. We're delighted to be in the company of the Cheltenham Gold Cup winning jockey and Ball Sports ambassador Robbie Puppy Power, Cheltenham champion chase winning jockey and TV pundit Andy McNamara, and the Cheltenham Festival winning trainer Paul Nolan. Let's get into novice chasers now. Um, Robbie, Gordon Elliott has got two good young horses in Jerry Kalam, who's favoured for the three-mile race on the Wednesday. 
the Brown Advisory, and Mighty Potter, who's improving for the move to fences and is the market leader for the Turner's Novice Chase on the Thursday. Are these pair worthy favourites? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm a big uh, Jerry Kalam fan. Um, rode him a good bit in Gordon's last year, and he's, he's chasing as always going to be his game. He's won two grade ones over two and a half mile, and I think you're going to see a huge improvement when he steps up to three mile. Um, once the ground is not on the quick side, because he does hit the ground and he, and he likes a bit of an ease in it, so once the ground is not quick, he'll be 100%. Uh, I think he'll take an awful lot of beating in the in the Brown Advisory. And then Mighty Potter, you can be nothing but impressed with Mighty Potter this season. I was so impressed with him in the Hatton's Grace, at the in the Drimmore at the Hatton's Grace meeting. I thought um, he made a couple of mistakes, sort of four out and three out, but he learned from them. He was very, very good. He's got an awful amount of scope and he's very, very quick through the air. I think this two mile five trip will be will definitely suit him. And it's a division, the stay and chase division from two and a half mile up is a division that Willie hasn't been very strong in this year. I think Gordon holds the the key to it, and I think he's got two very, very good horses. I don't think Willie's got a whole lot to oppose him with. Um probably his biggest danger is Sir Gerhard is probably the biggest danger to Jerry Kalam, but his jumping in Gordon left a lot to be desired. I think he needs to improve plenty on it. What about the Oracle Chase, Andy McNamara? John Bon and El Fabiolo had the market there. Yeah, I'd be all over El Fabiolo here. Um, I suppose to myself and a lot of others, he wasn't the um, you know big fancy um, at the Dublin Racing Festival. But supposedly afterwards, um, somebody was telling me that he was the one William Mullins fancied out of his um, team, which included Dysart Dynamo, the third favourite here. I'd have El Fabiolo over John Bon. Everybody tells me I'm nuts, but I don't think John Bon jumps well enough. Um, for me, he looks a bit kind of straight back, meaning he's not the most agile horse in the world. He was jumping well when, you know, he's, he hasn't been put on, under any pressure, shall I say, running in small fields over fences. And I think when the, um, to be a real good two-miler, you need to be able to stand off a, a, a real long stride. And you also need to be, if things aren't happening, to shorten quickly. I don't think he'll shorten quickly enough. And I think there'll be one or two stages through the race where he'll lose a couple of lengths and that'll be race over. Paul Nolan, which novice chaser would you like to have in your hands uh, this week? I haven't mentioned the likes of Banbridge, St. Roi, Blue Lord, Appreciator, Time Hill. Yeah, sure. Listen, the all, all chances, John, you just, I suppose, that the, 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 the three standout ones are the ones we've, we're after mentioning and, uh, you know, I, I was I, I, I was very impressed with it, Fabiola. I thought that, uh in the manner he was, was it the, the third last or the fourth last that he made a mistake and stumbled at the back of it, lost the length. But then he, he winged the second last and he winged the last. And uh, Dara Jacob sort of got stuck into him uh, and probably didn't realise that he went away. He, he didn't realise he was going to win as easy. Did he win 10 lengths, lads? Was it 10 lengths he pulled away and won? And it's the manner and the way he hit the line. Uh, he was he, he was he was very very good the way he hit the line and that's normally where you know it's normally those horses that hit the line and run through the line very well as was you know Mighty Potter the same thing he hit the line and he was very impressive uh, and as I agree with the lads as well that Gordon seems to have a, a better hand in the in the novice chasers than the hurdling end of it uh, but certainly I I think they're definitely probably I think that uh, Jerry Kalam has most to do with the like of Sir Gerhard he's won in Cheltenham twice he won the bumper and he won the, uh, what did he win last year lads what the hurdle race Body did he more. win yeah and me, you know maybe he's jumping but he was he was he was out there on his own in, in, in Gorn in a forerunner field or something like that so but I just think he's a, he, he's been there and done that 
Uh, and I think that he is Jerry Colomb's biggest danger. I agree with the lads. He looks, Jerry Colomb is probably going to be more at home. The softer the ground is, the better he'll be. Uh, his least impressive performance was on good ground in Turles as a hurdler. And, and, and the one thing about him is, lads, he's unbeaten from all his runs, uh, which is a big thing that he's he, he, he never going to be that maybe impressive, but he always does enough and hits the line very well. Uh, and I think that this is going to be Gordon's strongest division. Okay, the novice hurdlers, um, Paul Sander Clegane running free on Friday in the Albert Bartlett over three miles. Uh, you've had the latest exhibition go close in this. What about the chances of your horse this year? Yeah, I think he's a good chance, John. Uh, you know, he, he we 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 hadn't got a, a smooth run into Leopardstown, and and hopefully uh, that's behind him now. Uh, and I think that uh, he was beaten four lengths. He, I was dis- you know, when you'd look at it, if you didn't realise maybe what what maybe happened to me. He just, he looked like he was going to be the only, the best challenger to Barry's horse. But from the last of the line, his head came up that little bit and he just, he still battled on to hold on to third place. Uh, granted, the farm with the horses, that the horse that finished second of Gardens was rated 131 going into the race. The horse that finished fourth that we just beat was rated 132. That doesn't look good enough to go and win in Cheltenham. But I'm hoping my fella will be a better horse in Cheltenham than he was uh, in Leopardstown. Uh, obviously, if JP's uh, new horse, uh, um, Corbett's Cross, turns up for the race, he'll be probably a very sharp price favourite. He looked very good in Nace over over a, a trip inadequate to him. Uh, he So he looks to be ticking all the boxes regarding stamina and speed. And if he turns up, he'll be a worthy favourite and very hard to beat. Who should we be looking at for in these novice hurdles? Andy McNamara, Fasal Vega, favourite for the Supreme on Tuesday, in Perry Pass for the longer race, the Ballymore on the Wednesday? Um, the Supreme is the one I think is a wide open race. Fasal Vega for me is the best horse, but you know, the last that he was well stuffed in fifth, and now I know they say the race didn't pan out. Um, the Joseph O'Brien horse took him on early and they both ran much too hard, so it's understandable that he did fold late on and didn't get home. <clears throat> that said, and they'll ride him differently this time, but that said, he had an extremely hard race because of that at the Dublin Racing Festival. So no better man than Willie to freshen him up and go again. But it still would be a worry. And 15 to 8 looks a bit of a short price on that. Marine Nationale hasn't run for a, what since the Royal Bond either. And that form is, you know, it's decent. But uh, Barry Connell is fiercely confident on him, thinks he's definitely the best horse in the race. Imperial Pass might step up and trip. So something like, I think, Something like Elate Tom could be a good value bet in a race like this that might cut up a bit. That's the Supreme Officer's hurdle on the Tuesday, the opening race at Cheltenham. Robbie Power, do you anything, like anything in terms of the favourites in the novice hurdles and maybe one of the outsiders? Yeah, I'd lay Facel Vega all day long after, as Andy was saying, hard race in the Dublin Racing Festival. I think the bookies on the day will, will get stuck into him because coming off that bad run, I think, and the fact that Willie... I was on a panel with David Casey last week and he said Willie's going to run four or five in the in the Supreme Novices. That shows that he doesn't have the confidence in him either. If Willie has one he thinks is going to go and win, he doesn't run three or four more with him. So uh, the fact he's going to run four or five in the Supreme would have a little bit of lack of confidence in Fasal Vega. I think Willie Mullins will win the Supreme, but I don't know if it'll be Fasal Vega. Um, then the Ballymore, I think um, Henry de Bromhead will probably run in the pocket in the Ballymore. I think he's got an each-way chance at a decent price, um, the Ballymore looks a, looks a very very competitive race. It's probably the one of the, the novice hurdles of the season. I think in the pocket run very well, and then again the the three mile the Albert Bartlett. Um, 
two horses, I think Hidden Valley Lake will, will run a big race in that. But the horse I think that's going to take an awful lot of beating is Tree Card Bragg for, for Gordon Elliott um, and the McNeil family. He's just He was just beaten by In the Pocket over two and a half in Nace. He looks like a horse that is crying out for three miles and a test of stamina. He's going to get that. And if Adrian Haskin can hang on to him for a little bit, turning in down to the last and get a lead, I think he'll fly up that hill. I think he's a horse with, with bundles of stamina and you'll see a huge improvement from him over three miles. Free card brag at uh, one to, to watch uh, this week in Cheltenham. Uh, yeah. For the Valley more, I'll give Ormiz Allen a, a mention because uh, he looks very good and very tough, but there's actually a possibility that the English might train a winner of a novice race as well. Well, you know, we'll be uh, buying a drink for them. Um, the, the juveniles and the mares races to watch, folks. Um, Paul, on the Tuesday, you saddle Metamorphosis in the juvenile handicap hurdle. Brutals. <laughs> Has he got an each way squeak? Yeah, you'd be hoping. Like, I mean, we haven't got him that long, John. He, he, we bought him out in Dialjard after winning in Punchestown. Um, it's very hard to sort of maybe assess the juveniles. You know, you'd always want them, to, to maybe the, the, you know, Takawa would have been a real sharp price favourite, uh, but he went up a good few pounds for finishing third in the grade one. Uh, but he obviously still has a big chance in it. Um, you know, Charles Burns is horse. The, the, the race in, in Nace, uh, because everything had to had to have their 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 fourth run to quarter third run to qualify, and um, it it seems like I went in I believe into the Nace race. Uh, Gordon's horse, um, Jazzy Matty, was going to be the highest rated horse in it, and he was going to be one twenty five, one twenty six. I was going to be one twenty one, and now the English handicapper has me rated the same as Jazzy Matty off one twenty five. But it's um it's a very very competitive race. Uh, my horse is a, a, a typical uh, flatbred horse. He's small, he's butty, uh, touch wood, he jumps well. Uh, but, you know, you look at the Gardens horse and, 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 and Willie's few in it, they're big, scopy individuals. And, and uh, you know, they've, they've, they've probably, uh, you know, future-wise, that they'll probably end up a different type of horse than my fella. But my fella is sharp and uh, he's in good form. Uh, as I said, we haven't gone that long, but we're pleased with him, and I, I'm, I'm hoping he'll run very respectable, and he has an each-way chance. Okay, so the triumph hurdle on the Friday, Andy McNamara, do you have an opinion on this? Blood Destiny, Lassie Mouth, Gallimarso at the top of the market? Uh, I'd be definitely big on Lassie Mouth. Uh, I think um, definitely would have bolted up at Leperstown had uh, not got knocked down by its stable mate. Uh, yeah, easily the horse, best horse for me in Mullins, and Mullins, Willie seems to have a, a huge dominance in this. Uh, Robbie Power, you write out for Henry de Bromhead. Can Honeysuckle bring the house down in this Mare's hurdle on Tuesday, her final race under Rachel Blackmore? There'll be a, not a dry eye in the house. Can she do it? Yeah, I think the roof will come off Chetland if she does win, and I hope she does. She seems in good form. Um, everyone's very, very happy with her. Um, and it could be a case that 40 minutes earlier, if Statement goes and shakes up Constitution Hill, that her price will tumble then for the for the Mare's hurdle. I think she does have some tough opposition in Echoes in Rain. Uh, Maria's Rock, if she runs, obviously is a, is a big um, threat as well. But I think Honeysuckle's form this season hasn't petered off that much. I still think she's a very good mare. Um, I think she'll take plenty of beating it. The handicaps, let's look at them. Uh, Paul, you've entered HMSC Horse in the Carl Cup on Wednesday. He was fourth at the festival last year. So you're hoping with a bit of a step up and trip now that he might do well. Yeah, he seems to have improved a good bit. And I'd say mainly... Uh, Geldenham John has been he's 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 been a different horse since he was gelded. Uh, touch wood, he's jumping uh, far better, and uh, you know um, 
he's got he was rated 139 he got seven pounds for winning in Navin uh the English handicapper gave him four pounds more uh so he runs off 143 um but he's in great form he'll strip fitter than he was in Navin for his first run obviously and we we couldn't be happier with him and uh you know he, he he's a very small horse he's 15 one so he'll have to get the run of the race as regards you know uh being being happy in the position where he is obviously enough and and uh, if his jumping is as good as it seems at home and has he has improved that amount that much I'm hoping to God that he'll give a very good account of himself and, and we 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 love the race to be tomorrow. Who's riding it? Uh, he'll be ridden by Sean O'Keefe. Very good, Wexford man as well. Yeah. Um, Robbie, we all want to go to the Caribbean later this year. So, do you want first in the handicaps? Um, <laughs> bring me with you, will you? Um, <laughs> yeah, look, there's there's plenty of good ones for handicaps. Um, I was on a panel the other night. Gordon runs Imagine in one of the um, handicap hurdles, and I, heard, I think probably the the Martin. Davy Russell was saying he'd love him to get him, try and persuade him to run him in the Coral Cup. His form is supposed to be very good at home. Uh, adamantly chosen will run in one of the handicap chases. I, I'm I'm told, and he has a big chance in whatever handicap chase he goes for. Um, Henry will probably run Barry Adam in in one of the handicaps as well. Probably the County Hurdle. He was fifth in it last year. He's had a better preparation this year, and I think at a price each way price he'll go very very well. So. Um, I think the Irish are going to be. I know there's a bit of complaining about the English handicap, but I think the Irish have um, have strong hands in, in in all the handicaps this year. Andy McNamara, you've been on TV all winter, so obviously you you would have seen a lot of handicap horses. Have you got one for us? For the four punters? Uh, yeah, I I think I have one for you, and this is one that was in a televised race actually. Um, Historic Rick Hunts. Don't know if that's exactly how it's pronounced. But uh, a filly of William Mullins is again, and they own this themselves. So they bought it out of France, obviously liked what it had done over there. And I think it was rated about 116 over there. Came here and won a maiden hurdle by half the track at Tremor and then ran in a really, really competitive mare's handicap hurdle at Leopardstown where it finished second, not beaten far. That was a really strong one. And I'd say possibly, or I'd be pretty sure, a more competitive handicap, as in I'd say there was more better handicapped horses in that then there will be at Cheltenham eight runs, I think, in the Martin Pipe. It's about 20 to 1. Now, the English handicapper did give her plenty as well, gave her about £10. But uh, even at that, I'd still go with her. Very good. We'll keep an eye out for that. The final race on Wednesday is the bumper, introduced in 1992 to give Irish horses a chance of a festival winner. If you believe the old wives' tale, be careful what you wish for. Robbie Power, this is a race of great intrigue. There are lots of uh, whispers, no obstacles. The horses haven't raced much. Who do you like? Yeah, it's uh, the bumper's very hard to get a handle on. You've only seen these horses once or twice. Uh, I really like John Kiley's horse. Um, I was very, very impressed with the Dublin Racing Festival. If the ground was to get a bit softer, you'd probably have a slight concern. He won on softer ground than he'd raced on before at the Dublin Racing Festival, and he, and he handled it very well. Um, yeah, I think he's just a standout. I was, was so impressed with the Dublin Racing Festival to win a race like that as, as impressively as he did. But Willie's going to throw five or six bullets at this as well. So um, it's going to be a tough race. And this horse has the, the ability to handle the hustle and bustle of it. A dream to share uh, is was, was was with the Gleasons now with with uh, JB and McManus. Uh, Paul Nolan, which horse is suited to this one, do you think? I think you need a chaser sometimes for the bumper. Yeah, normally they end up with their, the three-mile staying horses. There's a horse I like in it and I just... He, he, he um he looked to be outpaced and looked like he was going to be beaten uh, first time out in Leopardstown, but ended up galloping to the line. And I thought the last day, 
Um, maybe it didn't go that quick and it, and it suited the flatbread horse the, of, of John Kiley's that came and, and looked very, very impressive. With, uh, his turn of foot looked brilliant. Uh, the young chap, JP, has bought him since and, 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 and young Gleason retains the ride. Be great uh, for John Kiley if he go and win it. Uh, but I think that uh, the horse that was second fact to file, he'll be eight or ten to one, or maybe one of Willie's third or fourth horses to run in it. But I just think that he's a big galloping horse. Uh, I think he was bought from Dunica Dials, and he, he just looks like a fella that he might be just he, he might outstay horses if if the ground comes up that bit softer. Andy McNamara, Willie's won this race twelve times. Will it be thirteen, or is the prize going elsewhere? Uh well, he's got the second, third, fourth, fifth, seventh favourites in it, so. Uh... Yeah, he, obviously, he's got a, an enormous chance of collecting again. With a dream to share, I'd say what the performance he's put in, I think, is the best performance in the bag. But that said, I would say other horses are open to more improvement than him. He's got a bit of a flat pedigree, and John Kiley is an extremely shrewd trainer, but he does have his horses ready to go, you know, first time out. So I don't know if there'll be that much improvement in him. There might not be need to be that much improvement in him. So I was going to go one from a, a bit of left field is Favour and Fortune um, of Alan Kings. He's two from two and won well on both occasions. And uh, as Paul says, he's got a, a good national hunt pedigree. He'll be staying on plenty more in time. Um, but it's a very different line of form, the English to the Irish. The final race we're going to look at is the Gold Cup on Friday. Half three, the blue ribbon of the game. Three and a quarter miles, uh, 22 fences to be jumped. Robbie, Power, you know what it takes to win this race. Does the Willie Mullins train favourites Gallop Hyundai Champs have the requisite blend of speed, stamina and jumping? Yeah, he seems to. I mean, it doesn't, um, you don't know if they definitely say three and a quarter miles until you try it. But it's just so interesting the way he's been trained this year compared to last season. Last season, he was out in front, extravagant, exuberant, did all those things. This year, actually, at the Dublin Racing Festival, he raced behind the bridle. Um, Paul Townend's done a brilliant job setting him, and Willie Mullins as well, training him to settle. As, as it's just a phenomenal the way a horse can change so much in, in a short space of time. Um, and because of that, I think he'd have no problem staying the three and a quarter miles. I will be amazed if anything outside of um, Galloping Deschamps or Aplutard win this Gold Cup. Aplutard was so impressive last year in the Gold Cup. Yes, very disappointing in Haydock on his on his first start this season. Hasn't been seen since. So you're taking a little bit on, on trust as to whether to back him or not. But um, he's a very, very good horse. His former and Cheltenham is, is exceptionally good as well. Um, and I think he'll be there or thereabouts. Uh, if he's right, he'll definitely go very, very close. I think one of them two will win the Gold Cup. I think Manella Indo is, is way overpriced. I know he's getting a bit older. His form around Cheltenham is exceptional and he improves for some reason £10 when he goes to Cheltenham. So I think as an each-way bet in the race, uh, Manella Indo has had the ideal preparation this season, has an each-way chance in the Gold Cup. Um, Hewick, I struggle to find... Apart from Shark's romantic fairy tale story, I find it hard to see how Hewick is good enough to win a Gold Cup. Um, Lucinda Russell's horse, the High Senior, doesn't jump well enough around Cheltenham in a competitive race. The Gold Cup's going to have plenty of runners in it. It's going to be competitive. Um, he won't jump well enough to hold his position. Um, and definitely wouldn't rule out Brave Man's game for, for Paul Nichols. Um Paul reckons Chetland doesn't suit him. I don't know how he came to that conclusion because he was beaten by Bob Ollinger in the in the Ballymore a couple of years ago and didn't run last year. I think he's a great jumper. He's a high cruising speed. Um, I think he can sit there just behind the pace is, is a big threat. But I do think it'll be Galloping Deschamps or Aplutard who win the Gold Cup. How are Aplutard and Manella Indo working? 
Yeah, everything's been going 100%. They've had a great preparation. Obviously, we would love to have run at Plutard again after that disappointment in Haydock, but that just didn't happen. The Dublin Racing Festival was too close to, to Cheltenham for him. So, um, yeah, look, he's had plenty of work. He hasn't touched wood. He hasn't missed a beat to date. So um, everything has gone swimmingly well for him. There's also some staying types in the race. Statler, Noble, Yates, the Grand National winner. Paul Nolan, um, we can't obviously discount Conflated as well as won two big races at Leopardstown. But where are you going in terms of your opinion on the Gold Cup? Yeah, I mean, sure. I was just so impressed with Gallop and the Champs, the way he hit the line in Leopardstown. You know, he, he, he just, he looked like, he looked like his last couple of furlongs were his best in the race. He just won going away to suggest that the, that the hill and the extra quarter of a mile is going to be right up his alley. Uh, like Poppy said this year, he's just racing behind the bridle and he just, it, it just seems that bit more simple. Uh, Again, if A. Plutard brings his last, I think he was one of the most impressive Gold Cup winners ever. And, uh, you know, when he when he went to England last year and, and, and sluiced in, then get back to Leopardstown and ran that little bit, I won't say flat, but he, you know, he was beaten by Galvin in Leopardstown and then went back after that bit of a break again and freshened up and, uh, and sluiced in in the Gold Cup. Granted, it's, it's very hard to have confidence in something off the back of such a poor run. Uh, but again, if the lads haven't got him a hundred percent, he won't go. And if he if he if he goes there, he has to have a marvelous chance. And if he comes back to where he was last year, I think he takes all the beating. Um, again, you know, when you're looking at something conflated, was a horse as well that was not very easy managed as a youngster. And they, according to the lads in gardens, now he's a completely different horse than anyone would ride him now. Um, and he's 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 behind the bridle. He jumps far better because he's concentrating and he's settling. And he was a good winner, uh, and he has a, he's definitely a good each way chance. And uh, Noble Yates, uh, first run, first time back with cheat pieces, uh, has been doing all his best work towards the end of the races that he's running this year. And it definitely comes into the equation if 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 some of the top two don't bring their A game. And Andy McNamara, who will win the Gold Cup on Friday, and why? Um, I'm actually going to very much sit in the fence on this one a bit, what? but I've been all along. And and the reason for that is it's such a good race. I mean, we often think like, you know, we're looking at the angle of finding a winner and backing a winner. But sometimes you just want to watch a race <laughs> the event itself. And I think that's definitely the way I'm going to be with the Gold Cup. It's such a good race and uh, the, there's great depth in it. I mean, Gallop de Champ is six to four. I definitely wouldn't be backing him at that, even though I think he's an amazing horse. And I very much agree with what the two lads are saying. He looks a lot more settled this year. And the reason that's so important for this race is, you know, we spoke about the champion chase earlier that you need to be aggressive for that and have an aggressive style of running. The Gold Cup is such a test of stamina. You need to be relaxed and conserve as much energy as you can. And he will need that around there. Brave Man's game is bolted up in the King George. He's definitely got a big shout. Aplutar, as you said, if Aplutar shows up what he did last year, I mean, that's going to be extremely hard to beat. I'll ask Puppy in a second, you know, Puppy looked like he was riding a tricycle up the hill once uh, Aplutar went by him. Noble Yates has to have a chance. Statler is a little chance. And as you said, conflated. So an absolutely brilliant race. So no selection from you, Andy McNamara. Puppy, uh, do you want to respond to this tricycle comment? And do you have a selection? One selection? No, I, I thought going to the last in the in the Gold Cup in El Indo last year, I'd win. And I jumped the last. He got under a little bit, landed. But Aplutar went past me up the hill. I've never seen a horse do that at the end of three and a quarter miles. Um, off a gallop that was it was wasn't a really st- slowly run. It wasn't a strongly run goal cup, but it wasn't. Um, we didn't crawl around. It was a, it was a decent pace all the way. Um, 
So it was it was an amazing performance, and as the lads are all saying, if he brings that performance back again, he's he's going to be very very hard to beat. Um, I think Manelindo will finish in the first three, but Galloping the Champ is is probably the horse they all have to beat. And one horse for you, Paul, all in the Gold Cup is a Galloping. You'd have to go with that, yeah. You would. You would. Okay. On his performance in Leopardstown, the way he hit the line, he was just he was he was he was very 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 good, and he's the one coming in off the back of a good performance. The neck and the block time, folks, at the end of our Cheltenham preview panel with Ball Sports, uh, Andy McNamara, your nap of the festival is? Um, Constitution Hill at three to one on. If you're uh, that kind of a man, I cannot see him getting beaten. And uh, I better think of something. Uh, oh, I'd say I'm going to go back on myself slightly and say Barry Connell's horse, Marine National and the Supreme, just because how confident Barry is, he just cannot see this horse possibly being beaten. It was like mastermind. It was like mastermind there. I'll start it, so I'll finish. But uh, we'll come back to you, Andy. Um, Paul Nolan, your nap is for the week? I'm going to go honeysuckle in the mayor's race. Yeah. And uh, I go, I, I think that um, even I, in, in the in the Ballymore, I think that Landrake of Barry Connells, I think that he might be the better of Barry's two, even though Barry fancies the other fellow more. Good land. Good land. Good, yeah. good land. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, good, good land. Good land. Good land. Yeah, no, no worries. And Robbie Power, your nap is? Uh, Jerry Kalam in the Brown Advisory. I think he'll take an awful lot of beating in that. Um, yeah, I think I think he's a good price ticket win. That's on the Wednesday. Okay, your each way bets. Andy McNamara, what's going to pay for the holiday? I'll stick with historic recounts in the handicap, the Martin Pipe. Well, uh, Robbie Power, your each way? Um, each way, Manelli doing the Gold Cup. And Paul Nolan. There's and a horse in the handicap. There's a horse in the handicap, John, and I'm not. Sh- is is the horse of David Pipes? It's tanks for something, right? And uh, Tom Malone was on a panel with us the other night, and he said that this is one of the biggest certainties as regards the setup uh, for the handicaps in Cheltenham. Whether he'll go for the Martin Piper to pretend whatever he runs in, he's a big price at the moment, and Malone said he's a stone and a half well in. Okay, sure. If you listen to Tom Malone, you'll do all, you'll always do okay. But, uh, look, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully one of yours as well, Paul. Look, I hope HMS Seahorse or Santa Clagan wins or Metamorphosis or Weston's R is the other one, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. All Thanks, right. John. Paul Nolan, uh, Ball Sports Ambassador Robbie Power and Andy McNamara. Enjoy Cheltenham Week. Let's hope it's a lucky one. And thanks for speaking to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. We'll chat soon. Thank you very Good much. Luck. Thank you. Thanks, See you, John. Lads.